I saw in the past year where people came on buffo ceremonies that more and more people are more conscious and more open for such experiences. And people are getting ready to confront themselves with their shadow, shadow part to say. The medicine itself have many aspects. Our understanding of the psychedelic medicine are getting broader and broader each year. It's basically a tool for expanding our consciousness so we can understand ourselves more fully as a human being and as a soul being. I believe and I have um, very positive um, thoughts about the future of the psychedelic renaissance. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations podcast. Today I have a returning guest, Changal. Uh, so good to see you again and welcome back. So to, good to see you too, Susan. Um, super nice to have a conversation with you and super nice to have me again here. Thank you. Thank you for creating the time in your busy schedule. Um, and I just wanted to say to our listeners that this is our second conversation since the inception of Psychedelic Conversations podcast. And your episode, the first one, it's still the most watched episode in the entire podcast library. So that's incredible. Like this is, um, it's so powerful that, you know, you probably resonated with so many people. And uh, it's just so good for us to have you back again, to have these conversations in this ever-evolving psychedelic renaissance that we are all witnessing. So I will be linking the first conversation into the show notes as well, in case our listeners want to go and check out the first one, and then we'll dive into our conversation today. And just to give a context for our new listeners, you are a facilitator of the Buffo Alvarius medicine and you travel the world offering retreats and one-on-one and all kinds of uh, medicine facilitation so if we can maybe start with what's been emerging since we spoke last and what are your observations in this growing psychedelic interest Mm -hmm. Where we were evolving was in last year, we started to host um, also different people that work also with medicine. We hosted Taita from Colombia, Taita Florecito, um, two times. And also a friend from Switzerland, Nicolas, he works um, traditional way to tobacco ceremony with San Pedro, where we basically 
introduced also our way of working with medicines that is basically not a traditional way and is um, to say not formed in the way the traditions formed so our way of ceremonies is basically more spontaneously evolving to say and each ceremony is not the same to say where the old tradition they are making by um, structures that are already existent in this space and it was super nice to participate in um, such ceremonies to see also different designs of um, ceremony spaces to say yeah that's wonderful i'm going to come back and ask you about your specific way of working with the buho medicine but mm -hmm. before we go in go into that um what are your observations since we spoke what are you seeing happening in the world are you seeing more people are interested are you seeing mm -hmm. um like a, a more uh, demand and also um you know how do you feel about the educational part the reason i'm asking you this because um we are connected on social media mm -hmm. and i've i've seen a comment from you i think it was uh, one of the psychedelic medicine group uh, it could even be the bufo of various group i'm not sure and mm -hmm. somebody was talking about how difficult their experience was and obviously um in the tone of the voice maybe a little bit of a disappointment and a little bit of a, you know not really understanding what they just experienced and i saw your comment really um telling this person to embrace the difficulty embrace you know the difficulty of this kind of work and um it is not that the medicine was um you know doing something wrong or side effects or anything like that but actually this is the process i thought that was really powerful and this again brings me back to our mission here in this podcast that i think there is still a huge gap in education mm -hmm. and and really allowing people to understand what they are getting themselves into when they come to the medicine so i think your approach is so direct so open and so sometimes can be quite raw maybe confrontational mm -hmm. even confrontational i dare say um mm -hmm. so maybe you can speak to like firstly the yeah demands is it really increasing a lot that you're observing and secondly like how do we close the gap of the education basically as i what can we do is basically just trusting the whole process because we are a collective conscious beings so where we basically i saw in the past year where people came on bufo ceremonies that more and more people are more conscious and more open for such experiences and people are getting ready to confront themselves with their shadow shadow part to say and 
Mm, I believe um, also with work that we will see in the future will be very different that we know today because we western people are used to take psychedelics for the experience and the medicine itself have many aspects to use it and one of the aspect for the use is microdose and it's basically not something new but all the indigenous people do it around the world also the huicholes in the desert where they use peyotes they basically use constantly small doses of the medicine itself so our understanding of the psychedelic medicine are getting broader and broader each year and is basically a tool for expanding our consciousness so we can understand ourselves more fully as a human being and as a soul being so i believe and i have um, very positive um, thoughts about the future of the psychedelic renaissance that's great you said that, that you have a positive that's amazing because a lot of the time you know there are a lot of people saying that this is going to go down not really good this is not not going to you know survive we're going to experience a lot of backlashes a lot of bad experiences people are going to start using them unsupervised in uh, in the you know um not so good uh, environments and conditions and settings so that we you know I, obviously i speak to a lot of people and there's loads of different opinions um mostly about this is going to be a repeat of the last time of the 50s where it was you know shut down and went underground so mm -hmm. do you do you think it's going to happen i know you you already said you have a positive um look outlook on this but um do you think we are now much more smarter more educated with the help of the technology we can actually stop that happening maybe with the help of education we can um at least uh, contribute to a better positive outcome exactly yeah. yeah the thing is that we basically don't understand the processes of psychedelic experience and we see this with buffo medicine where people basically think that they will come for experience like a mind-blowing experience something will happen they will see things and stuff but basically what happens with each individual that something resolve inside of them that is unresolved from their past and can be a loss of a friend or a parent or any kind of traumatic event that in life is holding us back that we cannot express ourselves as a, as fully as we can as a human being and is basically a healing tool that we will start to embrace more and more as a society i believe 
Mm, people need to experience this that they will start to understand. That is not uh, just an experience to say. And in my, my past years, um, I saw on myself and also on some participants that came that were not in good shape to say. And after a few experiences, they started to get back on track in their life. And I believe more and more experiences, direct experiences from the people, more easy will be to understand and to just accept the natural medicine that surrounds us. It's also cannabis, ganja is one of these plants that is basically the ultimate one. And we can make like super mind-blowing medicine that will help us to come to alternative states where we will start to realize who we really are. And we can have for medicine, for clothing, for buildings, like for many, many things. And we as a society are not accepting this plant. And it's a huge blockage from our collective uh, viewpoint, how we see our nature. And when we will start to change our perception, how we see the surrounding, the, rea the reality that we are living in, we will simply start to change this reality because each one of us are own manifestor of own reality. And more and more people that will start to basically dream a better world, this better world will come to reality to say. Yeah, that's wonderful. Do you know, I heard you, what I heard is that, um, that shift in perspective is what humanity needs in order to bring about much better way of living, respecting medicines, respecting, you know, life, for example, respecting um, who we potentially who we are as humans and who we can be. You know, sometimes I look at the concept of remembering who you are, not so much in a spiritual approach, not so much like, oh, you are all gods. Not like that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I am always looking at this from a perspective of remembering who you are just simply means being a good human for yourself, mm -hmm. uh, for, your, for your environment, for your relationships, for, your, for the planet. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, um, embodying this, this congruency in, the, in the, the mundane. Because sometimes, you know, when, you know, uh, so many times I see the concept of remember who you are thrown around. And unfortunately, a lot of people, um, because of the escapism mind, they just want to take that as you, you know, oh, you, you become this transcendent godlike creature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so um, just wanted to, to say those things, my thoughts on that. But I know exactly what you mean because I, I understand where you're coming from. You're just saying 
the potential of human, the, the full potential of what we can be in this life as in this body and creating abundance, peace, love, and togetherness as that tribal spirit that mm -hmm. we are wired in initially that got lost uh, in, in growing up or just got lost in the process of, of experiencing trauma, rejection, um, you know, all these mm -hmm. things that affect us. So I'm hearing that given the right context, the right person in the right moment, with the right facilitator, this could create that shift. And then the person can go out in the world and start taking those steps to really mm -hmm. embody their full potential. So is that correct? And you're nodding, I think I... I uh, exactly. You agree? Exactly. It's uh, all, always about um, information. What kind of information we share to people. It's uh, like um, taking seeds to people and... This seed will start to germinate and from the seed will start to come a plant and from a plant will start to bloom. So it's a process where it's basically self-resolving uh, self when a person hears an information and he starts to work with this information. And by saying to remember who we are is basically to remember our indigenous part of humanity that uh, we are constantly forgetting about and the indigenous part of our humanity is basically very suppressed especially from western society and when we will come back to this remembrance of indigenous society we will start to learn from their culture from their tradition and their tradition and their culture is totally connected with cycles of our environment, of our life, of stars, of the planets. And it's um, basically a tool of understanding, not just ourselves as a human being, but as, as ourselves as a tribal being, to say as a collective being because many times we think that we are operating on individual level but we basically are operating on a collective level and many experiences that we go through with psychedelics we basically dive into our collective consciousness and it's not something that is personal, but is just here to say, is present. And what can we do is just being conscious. It's like um, turning on a torch inside of, inside of the cave where we start to see the cave, what is, is, is inside the cave. And after we start to explore and we go towards the light and when we exit the cave, we see that there's a whole reality around us. And there's basically a personal journey when we go inside ourselves and we start to ask 
questions about ourselves, who we are or what I am or what I need to do in my life. Any questions that we start to question ourselves, we are basically diving into ourselves. And when we start to go to realizations, what we are and the self-worth that we find is just a blessing in our life. That's so beautiful, Changa. I just want to track back a little bit. The example of um, being in the cave in the dark, it's very, very, it, it, it's just perfect metaphorically um, coming into the medicine work. This is the, the, the ground that we begin, you know, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, humans, you know, as humans, we developed such an incredible intellectual capacity. We try to understand everything intellectually. So we spend lots of time and money, education, reading and understanding, even, even the Eastern philosophies or the medicine, indigenous philosophies in the West, you know, or the Western mindset tries to learn it intellectually through the intellectual capacity. But you're touching on something very primal very human and it's very real and i feel like initially in the medicine work this is what we need to tap into tap into that primal being of just human and then start doing the work in the cave because when you're in the cave you don't realize you're in the cave when you're so limited in thinking that there is only this cave and then there is me there's a there's a there's a division between you and the universe you and the other people you mm -hmm. and the environment you and others even with the family members and in in the western mindset is always about coming into the medicine work in in the most fastest accelerated way what can i take away intellectually so that i can you know, tap into my God self or, or the powerful, empowered individual self. But you're saying it's actually the opposite. It's always about the collective, the unity. But first, we need to go into the cave and realize, uh, switching on the torch and realize that we're so limited, do the work and then walk out of the cave with that shift in the realization that this is not about you. You're just a small speck of the whole cosmos, the creation. And then the, the, the humility and then the realization of your mm -hmm. worth and your, what you, the, the part that you play in this cosmos. I just get chills down my, my spine thinking about all of this. And um, I've never seen anyone put it into the most simple language in such energy that you do. So... Before we, we move on, I wanted to just give you the credit as a facilitator because there are so many people working with medicines, so many facilitators, so many even therapists. You know, as you know now, it's a very, very popular thing to study mm -hmm. and become a psychedelic assisted therapist. However, I believe that the person's progress healing the shift and the 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 authentic authentic transformation they receive is almost critically tied to the facilitator and you 
are literally the embodiment of that facilitator. Thank you. I hope you realize that. I think you do. Super nice you to are. hear these words. Thank you. You are. Because I speak to and I, I see and I observe and I witness so many people coming into the medicine work with the Western mindset, thinking this is a competition, thinking mm -hmm. just, like, just like how we, how we approach uh, in life, in everything in the West, they come into the medicine work with thinking that this is a competition. The more I study, the more books I read, the more um, therapy certifications I get from these organizations that they don't even have um, body of councils that could overlook and monitor and keep them accountable. Like who's the people that are giving certifications out there? Mm -hmm. Who are these people? Who are mm -hmm. the bodies uh, behind monitoring and keeping them accountable? So can you see the mess, the chaos that we're creating in this beautiful mm -hmm. sacred space? I'm sure you do. Mm -hmm. Of course we do, because we we do in Slovenia itself, we hear a lot of stories about people start to facilitating and like many crazy stuff going on in the ceremony space itself. And just yesterday I had a conversation from a woman that smoked five times before with a woman from Slovenia and like had not nice experience even with her but her aunt had like super amazing experience and that's basically the part of the medicine where the medicine do its job where we need as a facilitators we need to give space for the medicine that the medicine can do its job and the person itself and from my observation, I basically saw in these past years that, like you were saying just a few minutes ago, how people found out about this medicine when a friend smokes it and has like wonderful experience, and then they even want to have it. And they come by with uh, expectation that they will get the experience as their friend but normally we see that people are getting ready by each experience some come to the experience already ready conscious basically um I saw connection for this experience, basically how we are conscious about ourselves, how we are consciously eating, how we are consciously working, what are our angles, basically our points in life. And in the past year, I saw more and more people really, really ready. They were old people and they were more ready than the younger generation and we even had 
super amazing experiences where we basically saw that more is less and less is more. Where a person came, this was just a week ago, and we shared with him just a microdose of Bufo, and he had more powerful experience when he's, he smoked a full release dose. And is everything is basically connected um, with our life path. How we are basically treating other people, how we are treating ourselves, how we are treating nature. Everything reflects inside the experience, basically. And if there are some cleansing parts that we need to get conscious about, people will have heavy experience, but will not be heavy that they will go crazy or something, but they will just go conscious. And, and, would, and would you say that's the that's the difficult experience? Do you know, I love what you're touching on. You're, you're, you're saying that the medicine is revealing. It's a revealing experience of what the person is already carrying. They are the container that the medicine is working with. And depending... And depending on where they are in their life path, and their consciousness level, that's the level of revealing the medicine will bring. And would you say that um, would you say that the difficult experiences are difficult because the person is being revealed mm -hmm. the parts of themselves that is not working? Mm -hmm. And if person resists, mm -hmm. not accept, so we can get to such realizations basically where when we were when we are sitting just by ourselves in nature we don't need to do much we just need to be by ourselves and our mind will start to resolve open the channels that we will start to embrace ourselves and start to get conscious of ourselves, basically. That's and yeah, that's the most real thing I heard, Changal. You don't even need the medicine. The reason we don't the reason we don't need the medicine is because we all have it inside of us. Also, as much as there are traumas, as much as there are uh, obscure, you know, stuff going on, mm -hmm. at the same time we have the innate mm -hmm. wisdom. To overcome and have the same realization mm -hmm. it's basically in our dna every wisdom every aspect of our self is stored in our dna and we as a society have such tempo that we just cannot take time for ourselves and basically the medicine that we are experiencing right now at the moment came in the right moment to say is so powerful that literally blows people's mind mm -hmm. 
I was asked a few times in these past seven years that if I will, I would be open to share the knowledge how to share this medicine. But is to say there is no structure for such medicine. There is no pointers how to share. We can tell how to burn the pipe. Everyone will know how to burn the pipe. What, but what to do in states when people get stuck some, somewhere and cannot release and go a little bit further. And there are different cases where people need different kinds of, um, to say, approaching to them. Some people just need space, but some people need approach and need support inside the process. So is a field that is basically because of the laws that we have that is not uh, allowed and is uh, illegal because of this comes to such um, expression to say this is just an expression because we have these medicines as illegal and when we will start to liberate these medicines the the field of medicine work will start to clear and i believe we we will experience in future years many psychedelic churches on a rise because one of the first churches around the world was even in Slovenia. It was already formed in 90s, was called a Church of Sacrament of Initiation and they used Iboga. And we also have now new churches in the United States involved with psilometoxin. I just saw that you had an interview with Greg mm -hmm. about the, their church and the rise of this knowledge about how basically we can start to get more liberated inside this work and how we can start to connect with each other around the world where we can basically sh share the knowledge about the medicine itself how wh what was our direct experience basically and direct experience is at the end the most countable and we saw in the past years basically a rise of uh, Western psychedelic uh, use. But on the same time, there was a rise of indigenous use of psychedelics. And this is in their tradition for thousands of years to say. And when the Western society will connect with indigenous cultures and we will start to share the knowledge with each other and accept the knowledge many things will start to to change not to change but to to shape in like 
to yeah. shape, shape exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, um, thank you for bringing it up. Greg is one of our also returning guests, and Greg is lovely, and the work he's doing is just blows my mind. Um, yeah, they did. They they launched their first uh, silo mefoxin. Look, I can say it now. Mm -hmm. Can't say it, but um, so yeah, they did. Um, just want to like Changa. Just just want to kind of bring some threads to. You said so many things in the last three minutes that I could make a three episodes of. Uh, so so the, so here's the thing. Um, right now we are experiencing currently. For our listeners as well, just to do a little recap, in the psychedelic renaissance, we are experiencing many, many organizations, many groups, many people doing different things. Um, just because we didn't have, obviously, they are still illegal. That's why it's a very uh, fragile and sensitive territory to even talk about structures. Mm -hmm. Firstly, the first step is that um, they need to be somehow decriminalized or at least allowed in mm -hmm. research studies so that we can comfortably have these conversations and then eventually with the approvals and the, the potential research results, um, the decriminalization will happen in some, some way. In the US, we have now two states, uh, two places, Oregon, I think Colorado is now legalized, mm -hmm. um, many, a few, many, five, maybe up to um, different medicines, but Obviously, for the rest of the world, it's still very much illegal, very much uh, sensitive territory. So just saying that out loud, so we, we kind of put that context out. Um, but obviously, going forward, there's going to be a lot of movements trying to shape structure and help us to bring some kind of um, steps in the process. And there are currently... Um, Many, many models. There are, uh, I've, I've got, I put it on, on a list here, actually, decriminalization model. People are tirelessly trying trying to, you know, work and bring the decriminalization to it. Um, MAPS Canada, you know, all of these people are doing the scientific model, the, the political science, science uh, Rick Doblin calls it. They're really mm -hmm. working hard with the research studies to bring some kind of, um, relaxation to the to the to the system so that they can finally do the important work mm -hmm. and then there is um spiritual model the churches the the you know community and all of that there's an indigenous model and there is a therapeutic model in the west where psychiatrists mm -hmm. doctors therapists are now opening clinics with ketamine mdma next probably um, mm -hmm. and people can go in there and have a one-on-one -on -one therapies. Obviously, that's kind of the Western model. But what I wanted to say really truly is that I think we cannot ignore the fact, um, <clears throat> especially based on what you said earlier, which was like a very powerful harm reduction um, flashlight here, which using these medicines without the context, without community without accountability without good connection to your people around you who can mm -hmm. support you keep you accountable like accountability comes to my mind all the time every time i speak to different guests around you know psychedelic experiences accountability is screaming out loud like we need other bodies we need other people um, mm -hmm. when we embark in this medicine work 
to keep us accountable, keep us, you know, help us navigate the territory. Because, you know, sometimes we're not able to see and understand and grasp what we're dealing with. Like you said, it becomes a delusion. It becomes mm -hmm. a way to take the person out. It becomes, you know, and I also want to touch a little bit on the psychotic breaks on Bufor and other medicines with you, but that could be done later. But I just wanted to clarify to our listeners that what you said is so powerful right now. And it just made me realize this is the reason we have these conversations, Changal, so that people like you can come and share the dangers, the best practices, the wisdom. It is not about just, uh, you know, lighting you know what did you say um, the pipe you know it's lightening the pipe exactly right? it's not about <laughs> that is it it is never about that no. anyone can do that anyone can serve ayahuasca anyone can uh, give someone a mushroom anyone can give and you know what i like about um, this conversation the most changal since the last time i think last time we specifically focused on bufo medicine but i see that you are now broadening your conversation around talking about medicines the whole spectrum and you said earlier in the beginning about cannabis being the most sustainable tool in the world mm -hmm. for humanity to to embrace but unfortunately it's been so stigmatized um mm -hmm. so yeah i just wanted to again um you know share my gratitude to you and let's come back to the churches and the community mm -hmm. is this the model you're working towards creating community accountability, um, more like the spiritual work. Yeah. That was basically one of uh, my visions in life, how to live. Basically, how to live life fully. Basically, is to live in community. is to share experiences with other people. And one of the most um, connecting way of the community work was indigenous ceremonies from North America, tipi ceremonies, where they, the community gather a few times a year. They have, uh, I think, on equinox and on solstice, they have ceremonies where they come to pray to pray for better relations, for health, for good future, for healthy kids. And it's a connection with our higher source where we basically forgot in our Western society because we were born, many of us, in Christian formation of structure of religion and the prayer itself was like formed in a structure that somehow most of us were like repelled to pray and in such ceremonies we started to see what really prayer means and what a collective prayer as a community can do to, to say and this is one of the ways i saw basically my life to be connected with indigenous ways of living life 
to have this medicine that is not just uh, medicine to drink or to eat, but the medicine that we are being connected with community. And each one of us brings different kind of medicine that is his own essence, to say. And as I was seeing, each person on this world is basically a healer for somebody. And there's no shaman or healers or gurus around, but just people. Some are playing very good their role, but some we don't want to step inside this role. And for me, this journey was in life till now was like amazing journey of not just self-exploration, but exploration of human beings itself to say as a consciousness, as beings to say. And psychedelics are just one tool to explore this reality. We have many other tools that is our bread, just simple bread. And then we have also cold water and also sweat lodges. And everything is basically opening our channels in our body and in our energetic system from the stimulus of from our environment to say and it's one of the most beneficial ways to say and for the community itself these are the ways to reconnect not just with medicine but with dancing going into cold water and having fun with each other yeah so what i'm hearing is that ultimately coming into medicine work may look like you want to heal your individual stuff and become a better person but ultimately they are just another door into coming back to our tribal spirit to appreciating each other community relationship exactly all, all of that and and there there where the healing happens because basically we cannot heal our past we cannot heal the scars that we have already on our body we can just accept that they are there and start to live a better life and start to search for better experiences in life yeah. And that's the main thing, basically, that we start to embrace the shadowy part of ourselves. Mm, the cave. Sit there mm -hmm. enough enough times, then you walk away, mm -hmm. walk out. Um, what are your thoughts on? So, what are your thoughts on the um, psychosis, psychotic breaks, mm -hmm. um, which I decided to call them breaking open. Breaking open, yeah. Mm. Um, in my past seven years, I had um, experienced two 
two times that a person have a uh, psychotic break experience. One time was uh, basically my father when he ate mushrooms and the ex past experience, tra trauma experiences of his life that was suppressed, opened. And it came just um, in that time, basically I didn't understand what is happening. But by years of exploring and after with Buffo Medicine, I started to come to realizations that is just like you say, it's just breaking open. The thing is that things that are inside of us that are super traumatic is like uh, like a heavy stone inside of us that we are carrying that we even don't know that we are carrying. And it's like a cramp that is holding this energy, this feeling. And when we come to a cathartic process of Bufo Alvarius process, if it comes to a cathartic process, this will just come out to say, will just like, like you would uh, clear uh, a toilet that is like very stuck to say. And afterwards, everything flows. Everything in life starts to flow. At least I saw with my father, he started to live after this experience. Yeah. We had um, three years ago with a guy that came on uh, ayahuasca. And he had like, uh, no, he came first on Bufo. And he could not release on Bufo. He was somehow holding the whole experience. And one week later, he came on ayahuasca. And on ayahuasca, basically, ayahuasca came to a point that he could release totally inside of ayahuasca state. And he was in that state almost for two days where we were basically holding the space for him until he could not come back totally to say when he came back totally, he could go back home to say, but after he came home, he had like a whole huge experience unfolding to say, but when he came 14 days later on a visit, he said literally that after seven years he can he can breathe unconsciously that he can sleep normally that he could not sleep for seven years and he could not breathe unconsciously and he basically let go in that moment his dying father and that's the main thing that we, as a Western society, we don't have, a, a, we, we were not learned how to cope with trauma. And many people experience on daily basis traumatic experiences that cannot cope with them. And such experience can just release all the energy that was basically inside of the person 
and this energy can be stored in our organs on our muscles on our bones and then we get problems with our body to say because we don't accept ourselves we don't accept what other people did to us and we don't forgive to say and forgiveness is one of the first thing that needs to be done forgiving ourselves for not standing for ourselves in the moments that we would need to stand for ourselves and forgiving other people because simply they don't know what they are doing yeah everyone's acting out their own trauma mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. unconsciously obviously unconsciously everyone's uh, operating from that energy of whatever the early wiring to life mm-hmm. how to survive mm-hmm. i like what you said that in the west we don't know how to release trauma we don't know how to release uh, we don't know how to work with grief Mm-hmm. loss mm-hmm. loss and grief is like the big thing that comes up as well in our communities here true yeah yeah it's it's a general thing in western society basically um that that in itself dying itself is a is a taboo theme in our society where it's basically very delicate uh, thing to talk about but more and more people basically start to get open to even talk about because basically we are not so long here in this reality yeah. and that can come any time to say any any time and that's why is the the most uh, powerful uh message from the bufo was being grateful for the each moment each breath that we take and is nothing more that we need and that's basically the the main message of bufo medicine the gratitude of being alive in moment now but as i saw not everyone that come to participate gets this message everyone gets what they need in the moment in their life if people need to cry they cry if people need to smile they laugh and everything that is basically holding their back is just released in that moment and is one of the best tools for western society for releasing trauma <laughs> because yeah. when when we look the people of uh, indigenous culture they already doing this with ayahuasca and with the different kind of healing techniques that they have involved in their life we as a western culture we were basically colonized thousand years before america was colonized so our roots were already taken 
out of the ground years, years, years before. And yeah. Yeah. Bufo, Bufo is one of the tools that help us regrow our roots, to say, to find the connection with nature, with people that we love, or with nature, with this life itself. We start to not just enjoy life, but we start to love life. And being here is like uh, really a blessing a brief gift i said yes. it's a very True. brief moment of brief. gift mm -hmm. exactly and changal you know we talked about the breaking open situation with the the other person that you mentioned uh -huh. um just want to say something about that i think if you so th that person could have suffered a lot that person, if, if you didn't understand what this breaking open looks like, and if you didn't mm -hmm. understand that it was a release, not rather than uh, something mm -hmm. really bad is happening. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's, that's what I talk to a lot of people who go to these retreats and the facilitators, they don't understand what breaking open is. And they don't understand mm -hmm. that anyone can go into a psychotic break during the medicine or after, or even mm -hmm. weeks and days after. Or even like not with the medicine, um, not just with the medicine, like um, we had an experience in our family where a sudden breaking open moment happened to a uh -huh. family member without anything. And, uh -huh. you know, anyone can experience this. I think one of the one of my passionate educational piece here is um, demystifying the the belief that healing, the real authentic healing, comes easy and comfortable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, depends what kind of healing and what kind of experiences we had in our life. I myself, basically, I had like super nice childhood from my parents' point with my parents' relation. But if I don't would ne not have such parents as I have, I believe would be different, and would be could be a lot of more work to say. But I had open-minded father and mother, so they somehow supported my exploration where even they were they started to get interested in this exploration and one of my first experiences with breaking open was basically with my father and like i said back in days i really didn't understand what was happening and was somehow personally involved in the whole situation but after years, I saw completely the same signs with the guy that happened with medicine. And it's something that person just needs to go through. We cannot stop it. We cannot do anything differently. We just need to give space 
for the person to go through this experience. And one of the first ayahuasca experiences I went with indigenous people, basically I saw some indigenous people don't have experience even with breaking open because this is not happening in their society. And they even didn't know what to do with the guy. So they put the guy out of the ceremony space so he would not disturb the other people. And this was one of the things I saw that is basically not right in such ceremony spaces. That we as a collective beings, we have a collective psychosis. It not, it's not just from one person, but he is just expressing it. And the, the things that we start to learn is that we go together through these processes, that we stay with the person, that the person is not left alone. I love this. I love this. You just, you just touched on something very powerful. This is also my understanding. Um, I always appreciate the person who's going through the most difficult experience in the circle as channel for all of us. And if we can mm -hmm. have the capacity to be with it, then our capacity just accelerates and amplifies in the ways that we don't understand. It is, mm -hmm. um, it is literally, I see you as a, uh, a group upgrade. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, like you said, um, this is very difficult for people. Um, yes. I've ex I, I mean, I experienced this in other people in, in, in the medicine circles. And I heard people talking about it as, oh, it's because the, the, the space wasn't safe enough. Oh, it's because the facilitator wasn't competent enough. Or, oh, that's because, um, the medicine was compromised. Or that's because, the person shouldn't have been allowed. They didn't screen them enough. I couldn't mm -hmm. believe that the Western mindset, it mindset. does okay. Yeah, th these kind of experiences don't have a space in our world. Mm -hmm. They are mm -hmm. rejected. They are, they are, you know, shamed. They are um, seen as a, a corruption in the system. And, and those people shouldn't have come into the ceremony space and allowed to ruin the experience for everyone. These are the kind of uh, comments I hear all the time. Uh -huh. Yeah, but um, for some people can come that they start to hold themselves to say that they start to work with these states to say. And it's interesting uh, saying from I think I'm not sure from which person but I read some time ago that basically the guy said that where the mist the waters that mystic swims psychotic drowns so basically we we go inside of the waters that are somehow un, uncharted we don't know these waters and 
that's why we started to do the practice that we start to introduce bufo medicine to people step by step not like throwing them inside the water and now swim but like gently to learn about the waters and to learn how to approach the water and to learn how to swim inside the water and it's like a, an a, analogy climbing the ladder like we go step by step not just jumping on the top and some people are ready for the top but are like maybe 10 percentage of people that basically come on ceremonies other people are basically just started to explore the medicine to say it's it's um, getting like uh, trendy right now to drink ayahuasca and to go on camba perch and to smoke bufo and I think it's just a rise and after will come that the the real people that are holding the space for real processes for the real healing will stay basically and the other people that are just riding the wave will disappear just dissolve like we dissolve in that in, in such states to say yeah. and, and that's, the, that's the positivity the outlook mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. said from the beginning of our conversation that's the positive outlook because um nothing that isn't stable the foundational or grounded is not going to stay standard standard um, exactly yeah and and that's very interesting that that was exactly what I saw in the vision when I, I drank ayahuasca with Taita from Colombia, where we basically um, participated in their ceremonies and the, their ceremonies are a lot of, uh, a lot of quietness is, in, is inside, a lot of calmness not uh, not a lot of singing and literally inside the vision it showed that the structures that are connected and that should stand even the most powerful frequency of dissolving state like bufo will not dissolve that state and the same is happening inside of our being. The structures that are healthy inside of the person, if the, their belief system is healthy and connected with nature, it will not dissolve it. It will dissolve only illusionary state. And basically it's a medicine of consciousness to basically sober us up like my friend said nicolas who share some pedro medicine let's more drink more medicine to sober up and literally every glass of san pedro you are more conscious 
and more connected with consciousness itself. And literally, you start to see that we are connected on such level that we even don't need to speak to say. That's very powerful. Wow. And that's the trust that I feel within mm -hmm. an authentic person who gets it, who gets that this is a brief gift of life. And the more congruent and more authentic structures we build, mm -hmm. that stands everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, just just also um, take this moment to conclude about the breaking open situation with our listeners. I don't want to leave you guys on a cliffhanging. So the good news is that I've been so passionate to research enough. I've done so much research on this and, um, and I discovered a group of wonderful people who came together to write a book, mm -hmm. which is called Breaking Open. Breaking open. <laughs> and, uh, nice one. and they did an amazing, amazing um, sharing, personal sharing um, of their own breaking open uh, mm -hmm. experiences. And the good news is, just like you said, being with the difficulty of the experience, being with that person, connecting deeper, holding space, giving space, and taking care of them and reinforcing the connection and nourishing them with good food and mindfulness practices and yeah. a lot of love, these people bounce back so fast and they sure. start to live a more congruent life with a new perspective and they do come back around. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Just wanted to give that a closure. So that so that is a also a gift for a person to actually change and transform. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what that that's also with the guy that happened. He basically still comes on uh, ceremonies. Yeah. He he just had a break breakthrough to say like breaking open is a breakthrough exactly <laughs> it is exactly it is. <laughs> and after that he literally was writing for two years for more ceremonies where I basically said like now I feel that you are ready to go and what he experienced on the next ayahuasca was super interesting that happened on a one ceremony what was happening for him for 14 days yeah. after the first time and he started to get more conscious about yeah. what's happening to him yeah. what what kind of uh, things he's holding and is a whole progress of people that were very, very um, damaged through their childhood, to say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, amazing to see even that 
healing is possible to say always 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 with, with mm -hmm. the right holding the container the people mm -hmm. the trust that you know that brings that's really really wonderful Changal um I want to keep you for another hour but I I am mindful of your time and mindful of our listeners. Um, I think we should do these conversations annually with you. Every year, we'll have you back. We'll have you back. Um, there's so much you can share in our community. There's so much you can give to the world with your experience. And the reason I see you as one of those authentic facilitators is because you have that congruent structures that we talked about that comes from your family structure, your orientation, your family dynamic. You do everything with your family. You do everything in a community. I think that's the the that's what kind of separates you from the rest. And uh, that's why you carry so much wisdom. And I think you are a gift to, to, to the medicine space as well. And um, Thank you. Just before we let you go, I wanted to, you you brought it up several, several times and I don't want to ignore it because this is my passion. Um, you talked about microdosing the medicine. There is nothing that I can, you know, uh, agree with more. I think microdosing is super potent. All we need is the right container, the right people and the right processes. And in my also experience, microdosing can be more potentially healing them any big doses or heroic doses that anybody can take. Mm -hmm. And thank you for bringing that up again and again. And would love to hear your last words on the microdosing and why, why you always bring it up and what are you observing? Basically, it's a part of my life. I was basically constantly on medicine. Um, last 17 years 17 yeah mm, i believe it's almost whole 17 years that i was on medicine to say and so, so that's like the microdosing over mm, long periods of long time. periods of time and the powerful doses are just to open us as from my experiences where we can um, ground the information with micro doses more firmly to say and the thing is that basically we enter a state of higher consciousness as we could imagine like 3d 4d 5d with a big dosage, we enter a 5D state of consciousness where there's more, uh, more um, conscious way of being, of uh, trusting and seeing the abundance and seeing the possibilities around us. And after we come from the experience we can experience like coming back like come downs and with microdoses we can basically elevate constantly that we are constantly in this state and i believe um psilometoxin will be one of very good tools also to explore 
microdosing and even big dosages i don't know even how they act to say but i'm more interesting to experience microdoses with psilometoxin where the guys from the church they describe it as elevating our consciousness to be constantly in 5d consciousness and i believe people will see more and more benefits of um, medicine itself with microdosing yeah. and it's one one of the things that basically natives do it all the time yeah our approach as a western culture was getting a bigger dose a stronger dose a stronger medicine more distilled medicine we as a western culture we basically invented lsd that is so powerful that is just a grain of sand and we have like experience that we cannot imagine yeah but but with the microdosing you mm -hmm. maintain your states of authenticity mm -hmm. you know when you say 5d 3d like 3d 4d 5d consciousness um i i'm i'm a, I'm a mundane <laughs> person but, you know um i know that yes. our listeners are very much kind of educated on mm -hmm. this kind of uh, understanding but um I'm a very mundane, a person of mundane. So I, I, you know, I thrive or my passion is to how to become a good navigator in the mundane. Um, therefore, I understand my interpretation of staying or, or touching or being in the 5D means mm -hmm. being in that elevated state of being a good human. Mm -hmm. So that, you, yeah, so, so you're, you're not entertaining you know you're not entertaining the scarcity you're not entertaining the doubt mm -hmm. the the you know limited mind you're not entertaining uh, all these limitations and adaptations that we developed growing up you have a much more abundant mindset mindset exactly there is, there is no competition there there's a collective tribal spirit there and that's 5d for me mhm mm yeah mhm mm Great. And can exactly. you just can you just say one one more thing about psilomethoxin? What is it for our listeners? Uh -huh. It's uh, basically a new tool that came like two years ago more to public. Um, before Sasha Shulgin was already speculating that we could give mycelium tryptamine molecules that they could transform it and biosynthesize it. So the guys from America, the war veterans, they started to make uh, exploration with this and they started to feed mycelium with 5-MeO-DMT, where mycelium biosynthesize 5-MeO-DMT into psilometoxin. That's and incredible. That's just so clever. Isn't it incredible? Super, mm. super amazing. Super amazing. 
is um, yeah. I think it's a revolution of five uh, meo DMT ingestion because we are used to smoke five meo DMT or to sniff it as a synthetic part. And every part of this ingestion is so sudden and so quick that some people can get scared to say it's so quick that it's like straight away. And with such kind of medicine, people that are tended to uh, hold the experience of 5-MeO-DMT from Bufo or synthesized smoked version will be more more easily to embrace this state of consciousness to say wow that's a very revolutionary tool mm -hmm. and you know it just makes sense you know in the fantastic fungi there is a lady that talks about the mushrooms they are not plants and they're not humans okay. there's something in between and mm -hmm. it just makes sense so you know, in the nature, they 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 dissolve things, they they eat things up, they turn things into something. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. are literally tool for uh, what you said. The the to synth it's, it's a natural synth synthesizer synthesizer. Yes. <laughs> um, so so could you? I bet there are a lot of people out there, all creative people, um, probably thinking of feeding cannabis to to mushrooms or uh, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just kind of bringing out new tools, I guess. Um, yeah, they started to even give uh, DMT to mm -hmm. cactuses and also to ganja plants, yeah. where they saw that the plants are giving more of what they are, basically. Wow. Okay, this is so powerful. Okay, well, let's end it there because that could be another hour of conversation. <laughs> you know, you know, having conversations with you after just reflecting, I realize we don't know nothing. Like I realize how limited we are in, in human mind. And yeah, it just humbles me and really humbles me more and more. Thank you for your time, for everything you do. Appreciate you so much. You're welcome. And look super, forward so, to so it yeah. was super nice to talk to you again and like um, you are an amazing person that you are doing this job thank you and just doing it further with more and more people that can share yeah think things about exploration of psychedelics of ourselves of life itself of yeah being here yeah, that's the intention. Bring as much education mm -hmm. as possible to the people mm -hmm. so that they can make their own decisions and understanding of what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you and look forward to having you back. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, thank you for tuning in and also um, standing this long. I think it's been an hour and a bit now. Um, please do share your comments. Reach out to Changal, you know, comment and share and ask questions and let's keep the conversation going and i'll see you guys on the next one thank you so much and thank you changa all the best
Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.